Welcome to the week 13 episode of the Cubulus Fantasy Football Podcast. This is usual, what we saw and waiver wire pod. I'm your host, Cal and Elslinger, joined this week by Brian Hartman. Brian, how did your week 12 go? And how was your Thanksgiving also? Uh, it was great Thanksgiving. We had football all three days and we got to clean up on Friday with, uh, well, one team played football. But <laughs> yeah, it was a, a great Sunday. Nice cap to the week. And uh, we've got a nice game kicking off here in just a few minutes. So uh, how about you? Thanksgiving all good? Thanksgiving was good. Got to see some family. Got to laugh at the Jets' misery with everyone. It was a, it was a good time. Uh, the, I can't say the football is all like great. I mean, there's two blowouts, but that uh, that Bears, uh, not Bears, the Packers-Lions game made up for it. And then the uh, craziness of Sunday kind of made up for a great week, great week capped off by that Bills, Eagles, insane finish. So I can't complain. Beat my roommate in fantasy. So that's going to be a something I'll hold over for a good week. So fun week in throughout my leagues. But like we said, a crazy week of fantasy as we took place. Crazy with uh, Thanksgiving. But we have a real exciting week coming up in week 13. As usual, we're back on the bye weeks. We have actually six teams on bye. So the waiver wire is going to be extremely important. So we're going to dive through all those guys. Look through everybody you need to pick up and make those differences as we get closer and closer to your playoff pushes. But we'll start off with the news and notes, and not a lot happened, but unfortunately, we did have another coach lose a job. Frank Reich has been officially fired for the Carolina Panthers. Can't say we didn't see this coming after you start off 1-10 and look as, as bad as they've looked throughout 11 weeks. I don't know if this has a lot of fantasy impact for this season, but... Are you more optimistic about the few guys we're going to be starting, like Thielen or potentially Chuba Hubbard? Less optimistic? What's your rest of the season outlook for these uh, Panther players? I have no excitement when when we talk about the Panthers. Adam Thielen, I think, is the only fantasy viable piece here in Carolina, but it just it's sad. This is now back-to-back years that Carolina has fired their head coach midseason. They... <laughs> They traded away greatness, all all, the, all these picks, uh, DJ Moore. Uh, now they're going into next year, potentially giving up the first overall pick. Offensive line is sketchy. They've got to pay some guys on the defensive end. No playmakers. I'm very nervous that if Bryce Young has the capabilities of turning it around at some point, I don't know if he will be set up for success to the point where he actually can't overcome these things. It's rough. Not like you need to go. You need to go out and hire a Ben Johnson, some sort of offensive genius sort of thing, kind of like the Jaguars did with Doug Peterson to fix Trevor Lawrence after the Urban Meyer disaster. You need somebody to go back and prove it. Like you said, you passed on CJ Stroud by trading away the first overall pick or taking Bryce Young, which maybe it'll pay off, but through one year, that's going to be something we're going to come back and question a lot. And like you said, there's no playmakers. Thielen's the only one that I want to start as well i have some interest in what i saw of chuba hubbard this week but especially if six teams i'm by you might have to start him and you probably could do worse but hopefully you could find some other uh, intriguing options which like i said we're gonna do our best to provide them for you not a lot of injuries kind of went by salave left with concussion and we'll cover some of those throughout the booms the busts the waiver wire options as well as our other podcast articles throughout the week but let's just get right into the craziness that was week 11 go through via the booms or excuse me, excuse me the booms the best fantasy performances and brian i'll let you kick it off who was your biggest performance of the week it had to come from that what felt like a sunday night game the eagles and the bills they put on a show and thank you to the refs they made sure it happened oh, this game could have ended so many times, but those refs said, no, guys, we're going to keep playing. We're going to get some more points for these fantasy teams. Uh, 
which call Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen just put on a show on on Sunday, and it was I believe it was the first game that uh, two quarterbacks on either in or both quarterbacks in the game scored uh, multiple touchdowns rushing and res, or rushing and passing. This was just a what we expected to see at the beginning of the season: the elites being elite. Yeah, and let's just add into the elites being elite, and this guy isn't fully the wasn't going to the season as the elite, but the past couple of weeks has been elite. It's now five out of six weeks in the top three. That's Dak Prescott. 22 of 32, 331 yards and four touchdowns. If you told me after Thanksgiving, hey, he's not going to be the number one quarterback of a stat line like that, I'm like, dear God, what the heck happened on Sunday? But yeah, he was incredible, and his seat, his schedule does not get any harder. He's going to be a, a must our quarterback the rest of the way. He continues to be extremely impressed, uh, impressive and uh, must start the rest of the season for sure. He could be a fantasy season savior for a lot of teams. Yeah, you talk about that schedule next few weeks. We've got Seattle, Philly, and Buffalo giving it up through the air. And then as we get into the fantasy playoffs, we've got the uh, the Dolphins and then Detroit. Uh, Dak set the rest of the way. He's a set it and forget it. I'm so excited to see what him and C.D. Lamb can do the rest of the, the rest of the season. Yeah, if you've had one of those Cowboys players, you are uh, you're fully set for the rest of the way. That's for sure. And then to wrap it on up, sticking in Texas, uh, just a shout out as well to CJ Stroud. It just continues to be an awesome story. We mentioned at the top of the show as uh, Bryce Young being taken over him. Just another great week for him as the Texans played a, another really exciting back and forth game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which could have gone longer if the field goal didn't hit off the crossbar. 304 yards, two touchdowns, over 30 fantasy points, along with another rushing touchdown of 47 yards, his most rushing yards in a single game this season. He's another guy the rest of the season. His schedule has some good weeks and bad weeks. Denver next week, you'll love that. The Jets week 14, that's going to be difficult, but Tennessee week 15, Tennessee week 17, two fantasy playoff matchups, Tennessee Titans, you love that. He's also entered that full on. You set it and forget it. He's top 10 quarterback every week. Easy start rest of the season. I'm, I'm loving what I see from Stroud. And with all those weapons that continue to come back, it's going to be a, a fun rest of the season for those Texans players. Right. They're not spending any money on this offense right now. None whatsoever. No. And we've got a handful of marquee players hitting free agency potentially. So they grab him another weapon out there as well. I am so excited to see what they can do for this offense. Uh, CJ Stroud, impressing many. Uh, so many doubts coming into the season, and I'm so excited to see it. We need more good quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, especially what we're seeing from uh, you know, Tommy DeVito's in the world and the Aiden O'Connell's hey, and the uh, hey, Dorian Thompson Robinson. games. He, he has. has I two games. <laughs> he he's been compared to the other quarterbacks we're seeing. Uh, he's been very competent. We'll say. Yeah, still don't like watching it, but you know he, he's, no, he's getting it done. He's getting it done. <laughs> it's definitely not a fun watch, but yeah, you close your eyes and you see the stat line. It's like, oh, all right, that works. Uh, last quarterback, I will give Jordan Love honorable mention here. Uh, he's been getting a lot of flack. I feel like the last few weeks, uh, not quite as impressive as the first few weeks he has, but uh, he scored. What is it? This is seven touchdowns over the last three weeks. He's getting it done, man. I'm I'm excited to see if this offense can continue humming. Jaden Reed has been so impressive, and then Christian Watson back to back games with a touchdown. So, uh, let's go Packers. Yeah, tough matchup next week against Kansas City Chiefs, but a game you might be having to come back from. So that might be enough passing attempts for Jordan Love, but he's someone that continues to be on the streaming radar rest of the season. I 
think we've shouted them out the past couple of weeks as someone you should pick up and uh he's pretty impressive so that's definitely worth the uh the honorable mention we'll go over to the running back position where i think we all have the same biggest boom biggest insane performance uh kyron williams He's okay. There's all this talk going into this game as to what sort of split is there going to be. Are we going to use Royce Freeman? And Freeman was still involved, but Kyron Williams decided, you know, I'm still that waiver wire darling you picked up. He might win that award. 16 carries, 143 yards, and no touchdowns on the ground at least, but six receptions, 61 yards, and two receiving touchdowns, making Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua useless. But Kyron Williams taking advantage of his first game back, playing a horrible loss or Arizona Cardinals defense. He puts himself right back into that RB1 conversation next week, plays the Cleveland Browns, who, yes, have been a tough defense, but day-to-day, Miles Garrett, it might not be as tough. So Kyron Williams, he's back into that set it, forget it. He's a RB2 at worst rest of the season. It's definitely one of those ones that it makes your stomach churn a little bit when you see Cleveland and Baltimore and New Orleans mm-hmm. through the next four games. Great defensive opponents, but Kyron just gets the volume, and he's – He's looked awesome. So I you're gonna have, you know, some hesitancy, I, I'm I'm sure, with uh mm. having all of that, but like it's it's been great when he's out there, man. He he's been unreal. Definitely. Like you said, the schedule does get difficult, but he's starting to look like the volume one of those volumes just gonna guide the way, especially with Cooper Cup clearly not hundred percent and Puka Nakua, you know, they're not able to get him the ball either. So they might just be forced to ground and pound the rest of the season while they fight for their playoff lives. Yeah. Well, when you've got superstars like uh, Tyler Higby out there catching. Oh, two of course. Touchdowns. Like what? Four touchdowns, Matthew. Oh, I get, we're not in the bus. I know I'm jumping yeah. ahead, but four touchdowns and none of them went to Puka or, or cup. Come on. We have fantasy playoffs coming up. We need these points. Yeah. So uh, definitely, definitely shout out to Kyron Williams. We'll talk about the other Rams probably in just a little bit. But other running backs who stood out, I mean, first 20-point performance for B. John Robinson. We only waited 12 weeks for it, but hey, Arthur Smith finally realized, wait, I have this good rookie running back. Let me give him the ball. And he carried it to a toot of 91 total yards, two touchdowns, 16 carries, 91 yards, six, three receptions, 32 yards, and a receiving touchdown as well. We'll take it. We've been waiting for a long time for Mr. B. John, and it's been, it was, that's very nice to see. Yeah, his end zone catch, that reception was so good. I didn't even realize it was him at first just because it looked so smooth mm-hmm. coming over the shoulder. Bijan is such a threat in the receiving game. I'm so excited if we can maintain this kind of, you know, movement in the offense in Atlanta. You know, do I need to do a little rooting for Arthur Smith? Do I need to pat him on the back a little bit? Or does he fuel in the hate? I don't know what he needs, but let's keep this gravy train rolling, you know? Yes, if I have to... Give Arthur Smith props at some point to make this happen. And Arthur Smith, you are great. You deserve this. You are a head coach of a first-place football team. So keep doing what we just did. Keep, please. I'm going to bring my Arthur Smith mustache to the table next time. Uh, please do. Please do. I will <laughs> screenshot that, and we'll throw it right on Twitter. <laughs> a couple more guys we had that hit. Uh, Pollard, back-to-back games. He's looked pretty good. Uh, we're excited to see if this momentum can continue. We've had uh, double-digit points the last two weeks. 13 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown this week. He was 6-for-6, six six, caught all of those uh, for 24 more yards. 
Next up, Seattle. Uh, it's a promising matchup. And then Philly, if he can catch those balls out of the backfield, I think he should be safe there too. But uh, just in time for the playoffs, let's hope he can uh, reignite some of that fire and uh, give us a, a safe play these next few weeks. We've been waiting for this all season, so I definitely hope he's finally catching fire these past couple weeks. I'll give a shout-out, too. We were talking about guys we've been kind of waiting for all season. Derrick Henry, two straight stinkers uh, for the past couple weeks. But this week, 18 carries, 76 yards, and two touchdowns. It's game script. If they're going to be in a team they can beat, well, Derrick Henry's going to play well these next couple weeks. You play the Indianapolis Colts at home, they might be able to play them close. So that should be a good game script. Week 14 at Miami, no, that's not going to be good. But week 15 and 16 versus Houston versus Seattle, they could probably play those guys fairly close. I'm Houston, we'll see. I think they're pretty much juggernaut almost. But at home, we know how the visual matchups go. So three next four matchups, I could see a more positive game script for Derrick Henry. So maybe we might finally be getting the uh, Derrick Henry we've all been waiting for uh, the rest of the season. Sure hope so. Two matchups against Houston. Oh, like drooling just thinking of it. Yes, we've been. You know how those go. So. <laughs> Uh, JT, Jonathan Taylor, and Pacheco, a couple more guys that scored two touchdowns on the day. Uh, happy to see all these touchdowns being handed out to these these running backs. I it's great for my fantasy day. Yeah, and finally Raheem Moster. He also had two touchdowns and pretty late against a good Jets defense. What's your level of trust with him going forward with Devon H and who knows when we'll be back? We saw Jeff Wilson actually get pretty involved in this run game as well. So is Mostert, obviously with the buys, you're probably starting him the rest of the way, but after the buys, is he still that set-it-and-forget-it guy with a possible three-headed monster? I think he has to be. Uh, we saw him and A-Chan working side-by-side and still, you know, both of them being very relevant. Uh, last year, him and Wilson had a handful of games that they played together that they were still relevant together. But just his his track record this week, he is insane what he can do in this offense his speed is still there even at 31 years old so uh, i think you still have to have confidence there even if they have to split it up if anything maybe it just lowers the amount of uh, injury concern he's had 22 and 20 uh, carries the last two weeks so maybe the pass off to wilson and or hn a little bit will uh, you know keep him fresh make sure he makes it all the way through the season and they play the washington commanders this week uh fire up your miami dolphins that is going to be a Another 40-point performance from him. Maybe they get close to that 70. It's a very bad commander defense, so uh, I can't wait to see it. But move over to the wide receiver position. We just mentioned the Miami Dolphins, so there's not too much more to say about this guy, but we'll just give him a quick shout-out to uh, Tyreek Hill. Just when you think he can't get much better, he finishes once again as the number one receiver when he also left that game with what looked like an injury at one point where uh, I was getting excited as a... Uh, Jalen Waddle manager to finally have the breakup game. Well, he had a, also a really good game, but nine receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Finishes the number one receiver on the week. Uh, Tyree Kill, you are very good. Uh, one of my favorite players that hit the top list is a Kansas City wide receiver. I know. When's the last time we said that? But Rashi Rice, the rookie himself, came out with 24.7 points, 100 yards, eight target or eight receptions on 10 targets, and a touchdown. Have we finally hit this point where we're going to see an appropriate amount of targets go to a wide receiver? This pulling them in, this rotation, the whole pulling back on the routes run. I don't know what we were doing right later in the season, but uh, his season high has been seven targets. So this at double digits finally, 
I'm so excited. All right, we had 67% of the routes run. Let's get some Rashi Rice going here because clearly the rest of these guys can't get it done. I want it to be true. I want it to be true, but I can't get over out of my head that two last week Justin Watson had 11 targets. In fact, Rice had 10 here. Now, if we are without Kadarius Tony again, without a blank, there's another receiver who was out with an injury for the Chiefs. But if they continue to be injured, sure, Rice is going to get his targets. But if everyone's back out there again, I can't be certain that the Chiefs are just also going to be like, yep, Rice is still our guy because this is what the Chiefs do. They just continue to spin the wheel. And of different receivers relevant each week, but Rice still has the most upside, so you definitely hold him. With six teams on by, you're probably starting him this week, but I can't put it with confidence yet. If you can see it two straight weeks, then boom, we're good to go going into the playoffs. But I need to see it one more time before I can say he's right back in the that, that mix. And he did lead all receivers in routes run on Sunday as well. Okay. So uh, just another vote of confidence for him. Hopefully, we can see somebody break out and we'll get you know two targets out of Patrick Mahomes, which I don't know why we're not. Yeah, one final shout out for Zay Flowers finishes the game with five catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. He also ran in a 37 yard touchdown without Mark Andrews in this offense. He was the most targeted receiver. Isaiah likely was, I guess, fine if you're looking for a tight end streamer. But we were wondering, is it going to be likely coming right back in and taking Andrews spot? Do they go back to the receivers like they did week one? And Zay Flowers was the clear go to guy for Jackson. So. Mark Andrews was officially placed on IR, I believe, uh, earlier over the weekend on Monday. I don't recall. All days kind of blurred together this holiday weekend, but he's officially on IR, so we know for sure he's missing those four games. So I think there's a big uptick of volume coming for Zay Flowers, and he might finally get to be that uh, receiver we're waiting for. I know they're on by week 13, but their playoff matchups hit or miss. He played the Rams, he played the Jaguars, 49ers, and Dolphins, so. Some matchups you can exploit, some games you're going to have to throw to keep up. So I definitely think Zay Flowers has some positive uptick uh, going forward for us the rest of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's, like you said, just kind of echoing the the highest ceiling of all these receivers for sure. Yep. Any other receiver you want to shout before we uh, give one quick uh, tight end shout out? Uh, Devonta Smith, I feel like it's been the A.J. Brown show all year, so him coming away with a wide receiver four finish, uh, it was nice. Granted, we needed to go over overtime for it to happen, but uh, nonetheless, it was an exciting game, and you're glad to see him get back involved. Yeah, real quick before we move over to the bus, just one tight end shout-out. We've been waiting all season for this, at least I have as a Steeler fan, but the MUF, as fantasy players say, is Loof. Pat Fryer moved nine receptions, 120 yards on 11 targets. First game without Matt Canada, and the offense actually looks competent and puts up over 400 yards. Coincidence? Maybe not, but nine catches from him. We've been kind of waiting for him to break out. His previous season high was four, so he's been going in and out with injuries throughout the season. Maybe it's because he's finally healthy, or maybe it's a change in offensive coordinator. I'm not sure what which one it really is. But all, what I know for sure is he plays the Arizona Cardinals this coming week, and then the Patriots and the Colts, which are some pretty good matchups for tight ends the rest of the way. So if Friar Muth is available on your waiver wire, go get him. He's right back into that tight end one discussion for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, he's on the waiver wire in one of my home leagues, so hoping I can snag him. Yep, he is the same, and I'm glad that uh, not a lot of people in my home league listen to this podcast. So <laughs> he will be a, a high priority for me in that league. But over to the bus, because while we're talking all these great players and all excitement, 
there were some people who put up some sinkers this week, and we need to determine our worry, our level of worry with them. So, Brian, take it away. Well, you talk about not having a pretty game. This guy was not very pretty out there. Uh, but old Brock, he dropped only 10 points, 209 yards, a touchdown, an interception. It uh, just wasn't a great game, uh, partially because McCaffrey ran away with it, uh, having 114 yards and two touchdowns himself. But it was just a very, you know, pedestrian game that kind of had control of this for most of the way. Um, I'm not really too worried. It's Brock Purdy. He's been great all season. Uh, he's allowed a few duds. He is the QB 10 overall on the season. So uh, with Philadelphia coming up next, the rematch with Seattle the week after that, uh, I, I think we should see a ba- uh, bounce back from him. I think so. If all the weapons that they have, we still know the 49ers have that upside this next week against the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be another one. They'll probably have to throw on. So I think Purdy should be due for a bounce back. Like you said, for this coming week. So not fully concerned about him yet, but if you see another one, he's had those inconsistent games. So it's just something to keep in mind. Similar circumstance for Tua Tungalilo. We mentioned that Jalen Waddle had a great game. We mentioned that Tyreek Hill had a great, great game. So Tua had to be great, right? 21 of 30, 243 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. And the interceptions were kind of kind of ugly. So uh, you know, not too much actionable. Like we said, he plays the Commanders next week. So he's right back in as a must-start quarterback. I'm not going to panic yet for Tua. But similar circumstance with Purdy. If you see another game like this come next week then you have some questions going into the fantasy playoffs but i'm not concerned about him for this coming week he goes right back into the uh, the must start category yeah the jets having the number one secondary right now mm-hmm. like it, it was partially expected both of his receivers finished with you know 200 or 100 yards but most are pulling in two rushing touchdowns will cap his day for sure yeah over to the running backs where as a saquon barkley manager i was feeling this uh level of hurt pretty pretty hard uh finishes only six fantasy points i it wasn't you can't say it was game script because only a 10 7 game finishes only 46 yards rushing on 12 carries only one reception for six yards on three targets this is just a extremely weird game i wonder if uh bill belichick kind of told ryland to go miss this last field goal so we can continue this uh this tank it really would not shock me but a weird game. I, I don't know if there's a lot actionable. At least you can go into the bye week, kind of ha- making the Saquon decision. But you know, tougher matchups for the fantasy playoffs with the Packers in Week 14 probably still good, but Week 15 the Saints, Week 16 the Philadelphia Eagles, Week 17 against the Rams, and Week 18 against the Eagles again. If you play in Week 18, I, you know Saquon's still someone you're going to start because of volume, but. You know, I think you might have to temper your expectations to Saquon kind of back to that uh, RB2 week to week, you know, that 13, like the 14, the 16 sort of range just with the the veto. The upside is definitely capped with Saquon with these couple matchups. Yeah, Saquon and Josh Jacobs, they're they're two of these similar guys, you know, and we saw what can happen on both sides. Uh, The the game doesn't fall to Barkley. Touchdowns don't come. You're going to have a poor day. You break away for a big touchdown. You carry the game yourself like Jacobs did. He was able to come away with it well. So, uh, yeah, definitely volatility coming from these players, but they are superstars, so, you know, you got to keep playing them and chugging along. Uh, somebody I want to bring up, I'm going to steal your moment just Go because it. it's the the bus. Uh, so you don't have to talk about your team here. But, yes, uh, Jalen Warren. 
happy for the Steelers. They they broke yep. 400 yards of offense first time they've done that since 2018. Um, you know, they they scored enough yards they could make it all the way to Canada, although they had nothing to do with Canada in this game. Because yeah, they moved on from their OC. It was exciting though. Najee looked good. And yeah. no, it's not 2019 or 2020 when I'm saying this. Najee looked Good. He was out there. He actually uh, outsnapped Jalen Warren in this game, and Jalen Warren saw his lowest target share since week seven at nine point four percent. So uh, we need a bigger sample size of this to kind of really make a decision. So I'm interested to see what the breakdown is in the second week. But uh, we have a little bit of life from Najee. We might have two viable, flexible backs out of this backfield. Did you see that carry where he had? There's like the group of five or six people in like a whole swarm. And all of a sudden, Najee, I was like, oh, he's got like two yards. And all of a sudden, I look I'm like, he's still going. What the heck's going on here? Like, Dude, bro, he looked through it. Good. Oh, it was so good. He, I don't know if he's just one of those players who needs a couple weeks to get going, but we kind of talked about him. It's been, you know, what is it, four of the last six weeks where he's gotten in the end zone? Like, he's he's not, the, you know, Najee we drafted in the third round. He's not the Najee that he was his rookie year. But he's producing. He's a definitely and this week gets you mentioned it. Very easy matchup with the Cardinals. Both of them are still startable running backs. I think if I'm ranking them for this coming week, Najee gets the advantage because of snap count and that he's gonna be the lead guy, and they're gonna probably have a positive game script. They're gonna be running the ball, and that'll go more towards Najee's favor. But we saw seen with Warren, he just needs one big run and he can score. So against the Cardinals, you definitely keep them both in your lineup. Yeah, with six teams on by this week, I think Najee, uh, I don't have rankings in front of me, but I bet an argument could be made for top 10, maybe even top eight this week. Uh, yeah. It's a great matchup. I'm excited for it's, it. It's definitely a similar circumstances where the uh, snap count was something we wanted to mention. Gus Edwards was a major bust this week. I don't even have the full numbers at the moment, but Gus Edwards was outsnapped by Keaton Mitchell, 33 to 19. He was outsnapped by Justice Hill, 20 to 19. I didn't, you know, I can't say, you know, I had this game on at nights and it didn't seem like he left with any sort of injury. If I missed that, someone please correct me, but they were, it seemed to be that Keaton Mitchell is becoming the lead back now and Gus Edwards is on the field. He still got the ball. He had the highest percentage of rushes per snap, but finished the game with only eight carries, 26 yards. We, you know, it's been mentioned that Gus Edwards is kind of at touchdown dependent. If he isn't going to score well, you, know, you see you're very limited with him. So uh, another team that has the buy coming up. So you have a little bit of time to reconsider your, your position with uh, Gus Edwards. But if you've been kind of relying on him, you may want to get alternative options for after the buy. Yeah, this team, they weren't able to do much on the ground. Keaton Mitchell does finish with nine carries, 64 yards, had a pretty good run to, to beef up that. But yeah, they weren't able to do much and. Just the fact that they leaned on Mitchell so much. He, you know, one of his highest snap counts of the season. Are we are we turning a corner here? Is this going to be the Keaton Mitchell show? Is this what we've been waiting for all season? I don't know. You, you tell people all the time, like, after the bye, that's when changes are made. And you see that's when the rookies, you know, start to make their, their difference. So it wouldn't shock me if this becomes the Keaton Mitchell show. Now, the second we say that Gus Edwards is going to get the carry at the one-yard line in week, 15, in week 14 and shut us all up, but I think if you're ranking them at this point, Mitchell might be the slight edge, but you know, Gus Edwards still that touchdown dependent. He falls in the end zone, he'll get you 10 points just by doing that. So uh, I think they both could still are startable. Mitchell maybe the slight edge moving forward. 
Yeah, definitely the the ceiling plays with Mitchell though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Move over to the wide receivers where I don't think this is I think it's the first time I've actually seen it where a trio of three teammates went back to back to back 66, 67, 68 in uh fancy finishes, and that's the Seahawk wide receivers. Uh neither none of them had over 40 yards receiving. None of them had more than three catches. And they finished with between six to six point two fancy points respectively. It was pretty pretty straightforward. They were all huge busts. Geno Smith had a real poor performance. He, he really struggled against 49ers, and you wonder if it's the elbow that had something to do with it. You wonder if it's just, a, you know, is Geno Smith actually that good? They have a tough matchup coming up this Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. So where are you at with the Seahawks wide receivers? I know we're on with six teams on by. Are any of them must-starts right now? I'm not. I'm not confident in any of them. Uh, Gino looks poor this year, uh, definitely regressed, but he didn't look like he felt good. I think this elbow is really affecting him. Mm-hmm. And what's worse, a bad Gino, a worse Gino or Drew Locke. I, I don't think either one of these guys right now can effectively um, hold up any of these receivers to the point where you're confident to start them. Uh, we've got a matchup against Dallas coming up next, San Francisco. <sighs> I would love to just be able to sit him for those two games. Uh, maybe see if Gino comes back healthier after those two games. And then we've got mm-hmm. Philly, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. Three pretty good matchups in the playoffs. But still, it's playoff matchups at that point. Are you are you confident in guys that have given you nothing this year? You know, Gino's touchdowns have been nowhere near where he was last year. The efficiency is just, it's gross across the board. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like what I've been seeing and. You know, the same question can be made about this next guy on our, on our bus list, Cooper Cup. He left the game at one point with his, you know, I guess a flare-up of the ankle injury. And I, I was reading something where it's just like he played through it because there's no way to really make it worse. Well, there's no way to really make it better if you're playing through it. Uh, he, he definitely did not look healthy, finishes with only three catches for 18 yards. And like we mentioned, Matthew Stafford threw for four touchdowns. So you'd have to have a good game from Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua. Nope, neither of them caught touchdowns. So same question. Where's your confidence level of Cooper, Cooper Cup rest of the season? Can you possibly trust him in your lineup next week, uh, even in a six-week, 16-by week? I mean, that conversation can bleed into Puka Nakua. Four for eight yep. and only 27 yards. These guys, in a game that Matt Stafford threw for 229, neither one of them did well. This was... I mean, the targets were there, five and eight. That's not bad. If you're telling me, you know, you're a flex player is getting that, you're pretty happy. But they're just not pulling away. And Cooper Cup, he looked like a decoy out there. There yeah. was no... I don't know. This is rough, especially as a first-time Cooper Cup owner this year. I just don't know what to do with him. And I'm at the point where he is going to be watching me fight for the playoffs from my bench. Yeah, the next two weeks we talk about it with Kyron matchups with the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens. Those are tough matchups. Those are you no know, set it and forget it sort of matchups. And Matthew Stafford's had those weeks where you know, he struggles to get those multiple touchdowns throughout the year. And he had four this week, but most weeks this year he's kind of been a one touch one touchdown thrower. So I don't know. We'll let, I'll let you guys talk about it uh, on Wednesday in the start sit show, but. Luckily, I don't have to really make that decision in a lot of leagues with Cooper Cup, but 
it's going to be one you're going to sweat out. You're really going to need to weigh your options with the six team uh, buying it. I guess similar circumstance with Adam Thielen, who we talked about at the beginning of the show with uh, Frank Wright getting fired. He does have the Buccaneers, so you're probably going to start him because it had he kind of started to look kind of like the feel he was at the beginning of the season. But you know, t- can you really trust a one in ten offense led by Bryce Young with an interim head coach? He's not going to be. I mean, depending on what he does against the Buccaneers, he's probably not a, a set it and forget it receiver anymore. So rough weeks for some of the receivers we were pretty confident with at the start of the season. Yeah, it's getting gross this time of the year. All yep. these weird players are going to be popping up. I think we need to find some some solid waiver wires this week, that's for sure. Yeah, so let's uh, let's see what we can do to to fix this. As a reminder, if we do have six teams on by, we'll run through it real fast. It's the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears, Las Vegas Raiders, Minnesota Vikings, and the New York Giants. A lot of fantasy viable options and the New York Giants that are going to be on by this week. So we'll have a lot of... Uh, a lot of guys we're looking to replace, so we'll get to the receivers in just a just a moment. We talked about some of the struggling running backs, a lot of fantasy viable guys at the running back position. So you're at the waiver wire. You're looking to try and get some plugins for people on by. You're making that playoff push. Where are you pushing your fab, and who is the top priority at the running back position? The running back position, it's got to be Keaton Mitchell. He is the most expl- – he looks like he's going to fall into that Devon Chan, that Kyron Williams, just that, you know, young player that's coming out of almost nowhere and is just going to steal the show. He's explosive. The team seems to be leaning on him more, and I don't think there's another player out there right now, um, you know, around that 50% or less mark that has the upside that he does. No, I think he's definitely the most upside. If you need somebody – for if you stash somebody, you don't need someone right away. You definitely want to make sure Keaton Mitchell is a roster. It's like we talked about with the uh, Gus Edwards bust. There may be a change in the guard with Baltimore after the bye week. So keep an eye on that. We can't give you a lot of analysis on these next two guys because we're recording this as they're playing. But Roshan Johnson and Ty Chandler, we talked a lot over the past few weeks about the split that's taking place in Chicago with now Deontay Foreman out with an injury between Johnson and Khalil Herbert in the mix in Minnesota with Madison and Chandler. So depending on how this goes, those two could be very high priorities if either of them take any sort of a steps towards that. So like I said, we're recording this as this game's going on, so we don't have as many numbers to back it up like we do others, but keep an eye on those snap counts and take a look. If it seems like they're moving in the right direction as the report says that Chandler is going to continue to get more touches. He may be a high priority ad for the Minnesota Vikings the rest of the way. Yeah, I think both of those are smash hits. Both those guys, uh, they're young, they're fast, they catch the ball. That's what we like for these offenses where, you know, the quarterbacks move a little bit. Uh, another guy I want to mention is Jeff Wilson. Now, obviously, this is depending on if Devon Achan comes back, but if he sits out for another game, Jeff Wilson was able to pull off 14 touches and 73 scrimmage yards with Raheem Mostert in the game. Uh, we've got positive game scripts for the Miami coming up here, so I think he's a, a great grab. And if Mostert goes down, Wilson's going to be an auto start, even with Devon Achan back, because there's no way he's holding down that, that backfield by himself. So I think Wilson's going to work himself as a nice rotational piece and a uh, sweet little handcuff if something happens. Definitely. If you need somebody who's definitely the lead back for your team, Shuba Hubbard, 14 carries, 45 yards and touchdown this week against the Titans. 
we mentioned at the top of the show, it's a very tough matchup against the Buccaneers run defense. But if you want to get somebody who has the clear hold at this point in their backfield, Chuba Hubbard could be a play, but please try and get somebody else. I don't want to have to start him, but if you need a, a safe, you know, eight, nine, nine points, maybe I think he's got that potential, but it's not gonna be pretty. That's for sure. Yeah, even with Frank Reich being gone, he gave up play calling for multiple weeks um, midway through his tenure with the Panthers, and they had to switch back to him because they were so bad. So even if we get some hurrah inspirational game this first week, I don't see this Panthers. I don't know if they pull off another win this season. They may have one more left in them, but it's uh, it's pretty gross. Uh, outside of that, there's not really a, a premier guy that I'd say has to be grabbed. Uh, there are several running backs. We, we touch on them most weeks, but these guys just need to be owned in most leagues, whether they be a handcuff or they do a flex upside. Uh, but Tajay Spears for the Titans, uh, Rico Dowdle for the Cowboys. Uh, you've got Zach Moss, I think, needs to be picked up. Again, just, you know, he still looks good out there. He's getting a piece of the pie. Uh, Tyler Algier. He continues to be, you know, he's in the locket when you open it up from the, the, the neck of Arthur Smith. Tyler Algier is sitting there in that locket, you know, across from Cordell Patterson, of course. But uh, definitely a, a solid play if for some reason. Something, knock on wood there, people, don't get mad. But something happens to Bijan, you want to make sure you got your butt covered. Yeah, Dearness Johnson, too. We've seen Chuba Hubbard leave the past couple games with injuries at different points. He still looks pretty solid but he hasn't looking full like himself he could just be more involved dearness johnson last week played 30 out of 30 snaps compared to etn's 47 compared to take big z's two so i think it's yeah. pretty clear johnson is the handcuff to travis etn so he's definitely someone you want to roster as these jaguars offense suddenly looks like what we thought they're gonna be the past couple weeks they've started to look like the top tier offense we were expecting at the beginning of the year Dude, if you put Bigsby hate or talked about Dearness Johnson this summer to the fantasy community, oh, you would get some backlash there. Bigsby was hot and bothered all summer, and uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I drafted him. I bought in. I fully bought in. I have a keeper league where it's like a late round pick, but I've been so hesitant to drop him because I'm like, oh, it can be such good value if he is the handcuff. But I think at this point now, he, he's fully off my off my roster this week, hopefully if I can get some one of these running backs on waivers. But yeah, Bigsby's gone if you're not obviously not in Dynasty League or anything like that. But Dearness uh, Johnson's definitely the, the handcuff out in Jacksonville. So we'll go over to the wide receivers. I think this week we have a pretty clear, we usually do the rankings, but I think it's pretty clear. Keaton Mitchell's the one, then some sort of mix of Chandler or Johnson, maybe a Samaj P. Ryan or Chuba Hubbard as like the next guy in the or stashes. So it's a pretty easier week at the wide receivers or running back position excuse me to uh to rank them but over to wide receiver we mentioned this guy at the top of the show just as a reminder if Rasheed Rice is still available we you mentioned him as one of our booms in a week if he's still out there you could possibly get the number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes we've been kind of wanting this to happen and I want to buy it but I think Brian's a bit more optimistic that's going to happen than I am at this point, but definitely make sure he's rostered because if he does hit, you could get a league winner. That's for sure. Yeah. I love the upside swing at it. You know, there's not very many of these guys that truly could have an upside that he does. So uh, I'm, I'm cool with grabbing him. If uh, Jaden Reed's already picked up. If for some reason, yeah. If this, so Jaden Reed would be your, your top priority though, if that's the case. I think so. Or, I think so. 
right. So ask tell me, me again. Bit. Ask me again. Yeah. In a few. <laughs> sure. So, so, so why don't you just give me some reason why you're interested in Jaden Reed compared? Just tell me what's uh, what intrigues you of him. Oh, who's not interested in Jaden Reed? He has yeah. been so much fun. He scored 15 plus PPR points in three straight contests. He's got a 26.7% target share against Detroit. Uh, it's as high since week two. He's looked good, even with Christian yeah. Watson performing as well. Uh, I think a lot of this is going to depend on, uh, like we said, um, Jordan Love. And funny enough, these guys are playing each other this week. So uh, rest of season, I think Jaden Reed has the higher probability of being a um, flexible play for you versus uh, Rushy Rice. But in this upcoming matchup, I like Rice much better than Reed just because the the Chiefs have been able to shut down teams. So uh, yeah. this will be a fun one. I agree with that. And rest of the season, we talked about that with the Packers. And it's the same reason to pick up Christian Watson. He may have been dropped in your league. He's still about 75% roster in ESPN. But just say, heads up, if he's still out there, go get him. The rest of the season schedule for the Green Bay Packers after this matchup with the Chiefs. The New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Minnesota Vikings. Those are matchups I want to I want to attack. And the Vikings have been better of late, so they're probably the most scary of those matchups, which is not something that I... Would have said after, you know, early in the season, the Panthers are probably a little better, but still matchups that I want to uh, go after. I definitely think Jaden Reed has all the upside in the world uh, at the wide receiver position. So definitely am a big fan of that call. Yeah. And uh, one more of the, the higher, I think, waiver wire pickups, uh, Curtis Samuel. Uh, before he got hurt, uh, beginning of the season, he had at least 50 yards or a touchdown and was it five of his seven games? Uh, so coming out of the Cowboys game, he had 12 targets, nine catches on a hundred yards. This is a team that throws it more than anybody else, the commander. So I think the rest of the way, Curtis Samuel is going to be a flexible option. Uh, Dotson had his, what, two, three weeks in the sun, but, uh, Curtis Samuel is definitely looked at. He's used a lot and be, be, ugh, can't even say it in this, uh, by the OC, but, uh, I think he's a, a great pickup. Yep, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. You mentioned how much commanders throw it. Definitely like that. And if Dotson's still there, you could buy into some sort of a upside there. If you could stash someone through their bye week, Demario Douglas, I know it's the Patriots. I know it's a terrible offense, but they got to throw it to somebody. And Demario Doug- Douglas is still the clear, the clear number one. This week he had nine targets compared to the next closest receiver at only five. So he's the clear number one. He did leave with a Kind of scary hit head injury where he's going to go through concussion protocol. Luckily for them in terms of getting him back, they are going into the the bye week in two weeks. So uh, if you, you know, keep, keep an, eye, an eye on him, but he's someone that I'm definitely uh, looking to add. Is to, there's a clear you know PPR floor with him. That's pretty safe. Yeah, the offense is gross, but he is too talented. He looks so good out there. I'm excited to see the Patriots draft a top quarterback this year and see if Douglas can actually turn into something as a, a real fantasy asset, or I guess yeah. a, a trustworthy, not necessarily that he's not real, yeah. but you know. And like we've been saying, every time his name's brought up, shout out to Ben Brown, who kind of put at least me into into him at the beginning of the this season, mentioning him as a very deep league option where I may have tried to get him in a dynasty league or two or a very deep uh, redraft league. So I'll give him some props when I can. Yeah, the only glimmer of hope they've gotten New England right now. Oh, it's it's very bleak, but yeah, it's a it's that and the possibility of drafting a new quarterback. It's going to be a 
very strange 2024 in New England without Belichick and with a, a new signal caller back there. Uh, the last couple of wide receivers I've got, um, this is our weekly announcement, everybody. Go get Josh Downs. Yep. He needs to be owned in all of these leagues. He had a 32% target share this week, uh, tied with Michael Pittman at 13 targets. It is unreal how he is just getting peppered. So uh, make sure he is picked up in your leagues. Uh, and then finally, if you're looking for more of a deeper shot, I think A.T. Perry for the Saints is a decent play. Uh, Chris Olave left with a concussion, so he's possibly out. I believe Rashid Shahid uh, was also sidelined. Uh, quad injury, so I think uh, A.T. Perry, the rookie, he's had a few flashes, and I think uh, Derek Carr is willing to throw the ball deep to him. So uh, maybe DFS play or you know deeper fantasy, but uh, I think he should be looked at this week. Yeah, and I think that'll transition nicely into the tight end position where you talk about uh, people who need to be picked up with the injuries with New Orleans. Just a weekly reminder that if Taysom Hill's still out there, people have given up on him. Well, if Chris Olave is dealing with concussion protocol and Juwan Johnson's hurt and Rashid Shahid is dealing with injuries, Taysom Hill was the clear go-to guy for Derek Carr. It's gross. You don't want to fully mention it, but Taysom Hill, with all these injuries that are going on, he may end up back up in the uh, top t- top 12 tight end conversation where he's a, a weekly starter while everybody's out. So definitely go... Uh, Go get yourself some Taysom Hill if he's uh he's out there. We mentioned Pat Fryermuth too. We don't have to add too much more of him, but uh, he's he's number one for sure for me if uh, he's still out there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go grab him if you can, folks. But if you can't get any of those uh, top guys, or you have other pressing needs where the tight ends are going to pass you by, who are some deeper options you're you're looking at at that position? Well, I'll definitely go in-depth on my tight end streaming article that you can find Mm -hmm. at uh, QBList website. But uh, somebody I am looking at is going to be, uh, obviously, Higby's pulled away with two touchdowns. There's something going on with the wide receivers, so I think he can be looked at. Uh, Tucker Craft, the rookie, has plugged in for Luke Musgrave of the Packers, who has hit IR. So uh, he only had two targets, two receptions, but came away with a touchdown, so... If Jordan Love does like that big body tight end up down there in the red zone, he could be something to look forward to. Uh, who's who are a couple guys you're looking at? I think they're like the same same calls with you. I'll mention still t- uh, t- Isaiah Likely, excuse me, for the Ravens. He fit in pretty nicely for Mark Andrews. Obviously, he's not going to be the same, but he did finish with six targets, so he's on a bye. If you could hold a tight end, uh, definitely somebody you you, you may want to invest in and then also a reminder that uh, Greg Dulcich could be working his way back. We saw Adam Troutman and the you only get one target, but it was in the end zone. We were kind of excited about Greg, Greg delay or not Greg, like, excuse me, but Greg <laughs> as a, uh, an early option or late sleeper option in your leagues. Troutman hasn't gotten the usage. We're hope, kind of hoping he might get, but if Dulcich comes back, he may be a name to monitor at least for a, uh, the next week before the playoffs and see if uh, he gets that uptick we've been uh, looking for it from that position. And let me just shout out to the Broncos. Um, have, did they just take down Cleveland in one of the best defenses in the league? Uh, yep. And then Minnesota, one of the hottest teams. And then Buffalo, who is supposed to be really good, but the record says they suck. And then Kansas City, like uh, Denver heating up. Sean Payton Denver. was shoving his foot in his mouth for the first yep. three, four weeks. But uh Old boy pulled it out, and they're they're looking good. Everyone was calling for Vance Joseph's head 
after that 70 point loss to the uh, Miami Dolphins, which granted you should be after you lost 70 <laughs> points at the NFL level, but give credit where credit's due for Sean Payton to sticking with his guy and that defense looking like a, you know, a higher end defense these past couple weeks. The Broncos, if they're not in the playoff position as of right now, because our Pittsburgh Steelers and our Indianapolis Colts are holding those wildcard spots, but they're pushing themselves for it, especially with the Browns probably switching over to uh, Joe Flacco in week uh, week 13. But yeah, I, I definitely could see they're making that push and I will be, I'm rooting for it. I, I like the chaos and they're a fun team to watch right now. It's nice to see Russell Wilson. He's not the same Russell Wilson, but go back to being the quarterback. We know he can be, It'll, you know, not the uh, abysmal offense we saw in 2022. All right. As annoying as this season has been about trying to get some things right, it's been pretty entertaining for what they're giving us. Exactly. Um, but speaking, speaking of Russell of, Wilson, I want to talk about my streamer for the week. Yep. Big Russ, that's where we're going. Uh, the guy's looked pretty good the last few weeks, and he's got a great matchup against Houston. Um I don't know if we'll quite get a shootout like Houston's been because this defense has been playing awesome, but uh, I'm excited to roll um, Russell Wilson out there this week. Cortland Sutton, he didn't get his touchdown this week, but you know he's going to pull it in the next week because that's just what he does. Yeah, and I'll shout out my my streamer and you. You'll like this as the resident Indianapolis Colts fan. I'm interested in Gardner Minshew this coming week. We talk against the Tennessee Titans, who clearly are a... A very bad pass defense. We saw last week 251 yards. He did, didn't throw a touchdown, but we've shouted out Michael Pittman, how many targets he got, how much work Josh Downs is getting, how good the running game's kind of looking with Jonathan Taylor lately. And a matchup against the Titans you could take advantage of through the air. I think you could do a lot worse than Gardner Minshew back there. He did run for a touchdown, which saved his fantasy day with only about 15 points through fantasy this week. But in a matchup with the Titans, with a bunch of teams on by, you could probably do worse than Gardner Minshew as a streamer. So I'm a big fan of him going up against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think it's a great call. Tennessee has a pass funnel defense, so I think it's exactly what Minshew needs. And you know what? He rushes with his legs a little bit. So I, be- I bet he comes in with one on the ground too, right? I will be all for that as long as it's not stealing it from Jonathan Taylor. If it's a game play when uh, Zach Moss is on the field, sure, run it all, all you want, Gardner. But if uh, Taylor's on the field, Please give me in the ball. I need that win in my home league. So please keep feeding Jonathan Taylor as much as you can. But to wrap it on up, we'll go over to our defensive streamer picks of the week. Six teams on by, so you're going to be needing to pickings may be slim. So who are you looking at for defense this week? Ooh, like you say, pickings are slim, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are about 30% owned, and they get the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, wait, but Brian, they've got so many elite playmakers. Huh, not at the quarterback position. Uh, Browning looked just as that. He looked like he was browning all over the field this past week. So uh, I think starting the Jacksonville Jaguars, who uh, were relentless against C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud had a great game, but this, uh, this defensive line, this front seven, they were all over. They had five tackles for a loss. Uh, four sacks. They got to him often. Uh, I think uh, Josh Allen has had a great defensive year. Uh, you know, defensive Josh Allen. Yeah, but yeah, J- uh, Jacksonville is my pick of the week. I will go with the chalk pick. Only 16% roster on ESPN, but they play Tim Boyle and the New York Jets next week. That is the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know why Tim Boyle is seeing the field again after what we've seen through one game this year and multiple starts, I believe, in 2021. He's shown that he's 
not an NFL quarterback. He's shown that he might be worse. Actually, is worse than Zach Wilson. I'm willing to put that out on the record. I don't get what the Jets see in him where they need to see another week from him. But hey, as long as they're putting Tim Boyle out there, keep streaming defense again. So if you need somebody, the Atlanta Falcons are a great play this week. They put up nine points last week. They're play, they had some moments where they look good. AJ Terrell should have a field day. Um, big on the Falcons. I think they could fare an easy top 10 defense this season, this week, probably even top five. So as long as you play Tim Boyle, I will be streaming any defense if I play some. Yeah, small pick six. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am yeah. I am fully right there. I know my sinuses don't sound like I can smell a lot right now, but <laughs> you know what? I, I can even smell that through that. So uh, but I appreciate you powering through with me through uh, as I get over this uh, Thanksgiving cold that I seem to get every single year. But, Maybe you're just allergic to turkey. Do you ever consider that? I hope not, because it's one of the few times I eat it. And you know what? It's, it's one of the few times I have it. I like it, but... It's not like a, a must. I can deal with it only once or twice a year. So uh, hopefully it's not the case because I do like my Thanksgiving feasts. But that's going to do it for this episode of the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, you can find the show on Twitter at VQB List. You can find me at Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager, where I'll be breaking down you know, the show and all the good stuff to come with this week as long as the start set article, all that good stuff that you can find on the website. Brian, you mentioned your tight end streamer article. Anything else you're working on or uh, plug the Twitter as always where you can find uh, you and all your other work. Yeah, you can uh, find me on the website, obviously, with my, my streaming tight end article. I do as well have the uh, what we saw do each and every week. Uh, should be finding me on both podcasts now, the start set as well. Uh, I'm going to try and be a regular rotational piece. And, uh, of course, Twitter, Reddit, at too much underscore Brian. You can find me there. Tell me how bad I am. We can discuss it, figure it out, maybe find something I'm good at. But who knows? We got a long season to go. A few more. Yeah, weeks. I still kind of wonder what you're good at through a uh, 12 weeks in the series, and that's still something that I uh, I question every week. But hey, it, some reason they figured br- out. Yeah, some reason they keep bringing us back, so we must be doing something right. But like you mentioned, we'll have that rotational cast on the start sit pod. I will likely not be on it this week, but throughout the season, we'll continue to get the three of us with Mario included rotated in with our regular crew of Drew and Eric to bring you the best coverage of all of these matchups. So as always, thanks for tuning in to the QBLS Fantasy Football Podcast. Best of luck with your playoff push and we'll talk to you again next week. See ya. <laughs>